0: Coming up on This Week in Games, Tencent enters the game streaming market. Douyu floats on the New York Stock Exchange in a tell of two game retailers, but on different continents. Coming up This Week in Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and we had a jam-packed week. A lot of action, a lot of movement, a lot of stuff going on in the game industry, so let's not waste any time and dive right in. First up, Tencent releases their first public foray into game streaming with Wii Game Streaming app for mobile. So, Wii Game Streaming is an app for mobile, iOS, or Android that promises to allow players to stream with Wii Game PC library to iOS or Android. Currently only supporting League of Legends and League of Legends' auto chess game mode teamfight tactics. So, this is really big. Effectively, this is like, uh, with the Steam link, you can stream your Steam library from your PC to your TV. Now, it's very unclear whether Wii Game um, streaming will allow you to stream without your PC actually open and running whatever Wii Game uh, PC library. But... I don't know. Either way, it's pretty big because if Tencent tech holds up, they can easily expand this to cloud gaming and they have the library, the influence and frankly stakes in enough companies to make this a big player in the upcoming like cloud gaming, game streaming, whatever you want to call it, like boxless gaming revolution that's coming up. Every Everyone really forgets the massive list of companies that Tencent has their hands in. 40% of Epic Games, 100% of Riot Games, 80% of Path of Exile developers grinding gear games, 84.3% of Supercell, many, many, many more. And frankly, to me, this is a really smart way to play it. So Tencent doesn't want to do a Google Stadium dive right in. Tencent wants to dip it dip its toes in the water. But really, that toe is League of Legends, so Tencent isn't overcommitting with like a bunch of technology in their entire library, but will get a decent amount of users with League of Legends to measure and refine its streaming platform. Now, if you think about it, Google has the text and servers, but doesn't really have the IP or like a games library or stakes and games company to leverage. Microsoft has all the pieces, but Microsoft doesn't have the global gaming presence. But Tencent... Tencent what Tencent has is a global operation you know they pretty much have indexed the game industry with their acquisitions like they have five percent in a ton of companies like a ton of companies they have these tiny minority stakes Um, and Tencent really globally is in the best position to influence companies that they have stakes in to either partner with them on the streaming tech or from an IP standpoint so them dipping their toes in the water into game streaming publicly for the first time and using League of Legends shows that they're serious and, you know, could be a big player in a few years. Next up, Douyu, a Tencent-backed Chinese streaming platform but streaming in a different sense, IPOs on the New York Stock Exchange. So Douyu can kind of be thought of as uh, a Chinese uh, Twitch maybe not 100% on games but their main like use cases games do you will float 775 million dollars at a 3.7 billion dollar valuation on the New York Stock Exchange do you boost a Q1 monthly active user of 159.2 million so that that's a large amount 159.2 million over the across the first 3 months our average monthly active users for the first three months of 2019, that's pretty good. Um, And Douyu is looking to be Chinese biggest tech IPO of 2019, but Douyu is coming in at a much higher valuation than the expected $500 million float, which kind of was speculated earlier this year. Now, Tencent is Douyu's biggest single shareholder, And DouYu is reported to be building up its war chest to take on their Chinese rival, Huya. And so Huya is number one in game streaming. DouYu is number two. DouYu is coming to float on the New York Stock Exchange. Get all this money. Get $775 million. I've read that they're expecting to get $900 million when all is said and done. And then use that money to take on Huya in China. Win it there. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. It's strange that DouYu is listed on the New York Stock Exchange, not the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, considering they don't seem to be serious about a Western expansion and don't really need the partnership and connections that like a New York Stock Exchange float would bring in with a bunch of investors investing in them and trying to you know, create synergies to increase value for Doyu. And I guess it's just all about money. I guess maybe, maybe they ran some numbers and Hong Kong wasn't going to give them kind of the evaluation they wanted so they thought New York would and you've seen this a lot lately is like these Chinese companies that actually have no interest in expanding to America are listed on the New York Stock Exchange almost because there's this I mean frankly inaccurate mythical like view of Chinese growth and expansion that I put three dollars in whatever and then it comes out as ten dollars like a year later so I don't know. It kind of makes sense. Uh, I'd be curious to see what happens in the next few years with Doyu listing on the New York Stock Exchange. But uh, who knows? <laughs> next up, Ubisoft and Hit Record team up to solicit free work from fans. So Ubisoft and Hit Re- Record will work together to crowdsource music for Ubisoft's upcoming game, Watch Dogs Legions. And this is drawing a lot of well-deserved criticisms because... Ubisoft claims they're giving fans, quote, a chance to have their own creative expression included in the game. Now, whenever someone says something like that, your, your bullshit meter should go off <laughs> almost immediately. So, what is Hit Record? Hit Record is kind of a platform for soliciting free spec work based on a description and the creator's hopes that this will turn into payment long term. I should also note Hit Record is uh, owned by, what is his name, jo- Joseph Gordon Lewitt. Whatever, the guy who played Robin in that last Batman movie. Um, uh, The guy from 500 Days of Summer. That's it. So this isn't the first time Ubisoft has worked together with Hit Record. Their previous collaboration was for Beyond Good and Evil 2, which at this point is considered not a game, but more of a living antonym of shipping a game. (laughs) Right now, Ubisoft has set aside $2,000 per song and up to 10 songs from Hit Record. But $2,000 is a really low value for a major IP release from a major publisher. I mean, we're talking about like Watch Dogs, Legions, and you're soliciting free work from fans, and the ones you select, you're only giving them $2,000. That's that's pretty shitty. <laughs> Honestly, This this publicity stunt, I mean, this has been covered at almost every major website. So this publicity stunt, in my opinion, is coming out pretty net negative from Ubisoft. They should have learned their lesson from the previous outing. The previous outing had a lot of net negative positive or net negative responses so like i don't know why they did this again and you know it's, it's like do you really need to like solicit music from fans like you're you're fucking ubisoft you know like you own half of montreal or something <laughs> like what are you doing and uh speaking of what are you doing Interesting story. GameStop is doing something smart and experimenting with new multiple retail strategies. So this is a strategy pivot going on at GameStop right now. Eric Bright, GameStop's VP of merchandising, spoke with GameIndustry.biz and said GameStop is, quote, piloting new and streamlined physical store concepts such as eSport areas that offer competitive sessions in homegrown eSports leagues as well as locations that strictly sell retro gaming software and hardware. And another theme from GameStop is reporting from going from quote from a transactional retailer into an experience-based retailer. And I have to give them a clap. Like I applaud GameStop for finally realizing that the traditional retail, especially in an increasingly increasingly digital game industry, isn't dying but shifting. And like you're trying to shift with it. Um you know, I have different opinions, like retro gaming software and hardware is what it is. I, I really don't think it's gonna, the margins on that shit are, are gonna be like worth you actually having a physical retail store for it. I could be wrong. However, the homegrown esports leagues are a 100% where GameStop needs to be. And I saw another quote that like GameStop said they want to be like the church of gaming, like you, you go to GameStop every Sunday, where gamers like unite. And you know what? I think that's 100% how they need to be thinking now. What they sell there, well, they can figure out later. Like I trust them enough, but that thinking that they're no longer a merchandise retail store, but like a place where gamers come, and there's a GameStop in every city, like that—that's good. Like that's where—that's where I want to see their heads at. And you know, I actually have hope, and maybe their stock isn't exactly toilet paper at four dollars and thirty-two cents a share. You know, maybe maybe it's time for us to be thinking about investing in a GameStop because I think their market cap is only like 400 million something right now, which is ridiculous considering their spread and influence. So, you know, hey, we should all be maybe looking at GameStop. Now, speaking of the other big game retailer, Game, Europe's GameStop, is now 84% owned by Sports Direct, another retailer who focuses on, well, sports. So... After Sports Direct acquired 38.49% of game, it triggered a mandatory offer to buy out the company. I guess this is based on company bylaws, maybe European laws, I don't really know. Game shareholders accepted the offer and now have a limited time to share their remaining sales shares of games stock or their shares will be converted into shares of a subsidiary of Sports Direct. So that's pretty standard. Game will re- be removed from the London Stock Exchange August 12th. And I'll say, honestly, Game is in a better place not having, I mean, GameStop is in a better place not having a buyer and having the potential to save and pivot the company with the industry. Game is in a worse position because, like, you're getting bought out by a sports retailer. You know, like, where's the synergies? Like, I guess you're both in the same malls, but at the end of the day, like, how does this save your company? It saves your shareholders, you know, from having plunging stock prices, but... You probably could have pivoted the company and saved it if you if like from what i hear game is games europe's gamestop so eh, that's why i said there's a, a tell of two game retailers and they're going in different directions and frankly i have to give a uh, gamestop the win on this one all right let's go to some business news epic grants blender foundation 1.2 million from their epic Mega Grants program. So for those of you who are unaware, Blender is one of the most used 3D modeling softwares, especially with indie developers, because it is free, but still somewhat competitive with Maya and Max. I think go to Indie, any indie developer forum and anyone who's making a 3D game on there, almost all of them are using Blender. There's tons of Blender YouTube tutorials and so on, because Blender is completely free. Whereas in Maya and Max, cost a ton of money <laughs> so yeah blender is very used and epics ceo tim sweeney said quote blender is an enduring resource within the artistic community and we aim to ensure its advancement to the benefit of all creators great the epic mega funds it, the epic mega grants is a hundred million dollar fund which i kind of previously assumed to be developer investments for either their digital store epics digital store or the, their Unreal Engine, like securing developers to exclusivities, the so one of those two or both of them. But it's great to see Epic funding kind of open source free tools like Blender that they have no stake in. And frankly, got to say, good story all around. Good job, Epic. Good job, Tim Sweeney. And frankly, i shat on <laughs> Epic all of 2018, but like 2019, here I am. I'm eating my words. Epic seems to be kind of like bringing that competition to in the industry and also helping like free foundations like Blender. Good job. Alright, next up, Modern Times Group ups its investment in games, bringing its 2019 game investments to $11 million. So, these guys have been making some uh, interesting uh, rumblings. However, I really don't like their acronym because they like to be called MTG. And everyone in the game industry should only assume MTG means Magic the Gathering, not Modern Times Groups. (laughs) Anyways, the Swedish investment firm drops more investments into new game companies, which include Dorian, Tonk Tonk Games, and Swiper. So Modern Times Group has made 20 different cash injections across 16 different companies so far and plans to continue investments into developers and esports leagues. And they'll be at PAX next month, meaning developers... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anyone intending looking to raise money, maybe go talk to them. <laughs> All right, a little bad news. Montreal-based Lucky Hammers shuts down. So Lucky Hammers, known for the PC game Terraforming Mars, shuts down, and 70 employees are out of work in Montreal. Owners Dom Rossi and Marc-Antoine Pinard confirmed with GameIndustry.biz that the shutdown was due to bets on VR that did not pan out. And kind of we've seen this. So a few months ago, we were sadly seeing that like a big contraction in the VR space is happening right now as companies are either shutting down or getting acquired for much less than their last round of fundraising. And, you know, it's kind of just VR, like VR just didn't pan out in general. And everyone who bet the house on VR, unfortunately, is going with it. So, you know, it's not to say VR won't be back again in 10 years, but current vr especially with magic leap you know magic leaping it up (laughs) vr isn't really doing well but doing well is merge games so merge Games celebrates its 10-year anniversary with a four million dollar indie publishing fund this is just a great story in general epic or uk-based merge games has been in the industry as a publisher for over 10 years so congrats to everyone there Ten years is a century in the game industry, to be honest. They have helped publish indie hits like Moonlighter, Dead Cells, and Yonder, the Cloud Catcher Chronicles. And have set aside a new crisp $4 million to help the next wave of indie developers. And they will also be attending Gamescom and PAX West. So if you're an indie developer, again, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Go hit up Merge Games. They got some money for you. I think their, their main thing is marketing. Go hear them out. All right. Mail.ru, Russia's Google, recently launched a gaming wing, My Games, and my.games Games makes its first acquisition. So, Swag Masha, developer of the mobile fiction game Lovesick, interactive stories, has been acquired by Kremlin. Oh, I mean, I <laughs> mean, not the Kremlin, my.games Games, the new gaming wing of Mel.ru. Not a big story, right? I mean. I've never really heard of Sick interactive stories, but it's big because this is the first major acquisition by MyDoc Games, who, with deep pockets and national support, whatever national support means, could be a big player in the game industry. Russia seems to be very popular first-person shooters, so I'm really surprised the first acquisition is an interactive love story, but I'll keep an eye out for MyDoc Games because I really expect a lot more from them in the future, and... Kind of, I really expect the Russia, internal Russia developers to kind of explode in the future. Because y- you see them start popping up more and more and more Russian studios. A lot of like crisp looking 3D graphics. I think uh, I think we'll see something from Minot Games in the future. All right. Going from Russia to China, NetEase, China's other big publisher that isn't Tencent, acquires a minority stake in Dead by Daylight developer Behavior Interactive. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story. So NetEase will get a seat on the board of directors of Canada's largest game developer and publisher. NetEase claims the investment for the investment was for creative R and D and to recruit Western talent. Behaviour Interactive, with 550 employees, sees NetEase' investment as a possible gateway into China. Like I said, interesting partnership. I'll have to see if. There's really anything more to it to make me think that this isn't another Chinese company indexing the game industry, kind of like what Tencent does where they drop little 5% minority stakes all over the place as kind of like an index into the game industry because I guess they just have cash to burn. And last up in business news, Congregate acquires BitHeroes, a browser-based RPG from Jupiter Mins. So BitHeroes is a three-year-old browser RPG that was published on mobile by Congregate, they claim to have been played by four, being played 14 million times. I don't know if that equates to users. <laughs> been played 14 million times and brought in over 10 million dollars in net revenue lifetime. So Bit Heroes will be handed over to Congregate San Diego Studio Ultrabit. Seems like a win-win situation to me cuz the Bit Heroes developers want to move on to other projects. I think it's just a team of 3 people. And, you know, running a games as a service isn't creatively fulfilling, really, if, especially if you've been doing it for three years. Um, and, you know, like, uh, Congregate has a team that runs live ops on games and runs games as a service in San Diego. So, win-win, Congregate was already publishing the game. They buy it out. Um, Jupio Mins gets to work on a new game, gets a bunch of cash injection. Win-win all around. All right. Let's finish off this week with a musical chairs of industry players. So th- these are big. Like some of these are pretty big. So first off, Disney hires John Drake, former PlayStation portfolio exec as VP of business development and licensing for games. First off, got to say a great name, John Drake. I'm jealous. Like, <laughs> like John Drake sounds like a name in an action movie where you're like, that's not a fucking, no one has that name, but John Drake. Good job. Second, This shows that Disney was serious when they said they were going to poach more experienced gaming execs to bring on their board. Frankly, a great find. All right, next up. Frank Pierce, co-founder of Blizzard Entertainment, leaves Blizzard. So 28 years, and he finally, the last Blizzard co-founder, has departed from the company. So Blizzard was co-founded by Frank Pierce, Mike Morheim, and Alan Adham. Mike Morheim recently left last year. Alan Adham has left, come back, and left again. Pierce has yet to name what his new venture will be, but I mean, fuck, 25 years at Blizzard, co founder of Blizzard Entertainment, guy can pretty much write his next story. So, good for him. Tim Willits, id Software studio director, steps down after 24 years himself. So Willits joined id Software after submitting levels he created for Doom in his free time. I think started as a level designer, worked his way up the studio director. Like Pierce in the previous story, Willits pretty much hasn't named his next venture after id. And again, just like Pierce, 24 years at id Software starting with Doom, pretty much can choose his own adventure at this point. Finally, wrapping it up. Alienware co-founder Frank Azur joins AMD as their chief architect of gaming solutions. This was confirmed by AMD CEO Lisa Su in a tweet this week. Azure said he was now eager to create or solve new problems, challenges, I don't know, something like that. Some generic statement, but seems like a solid fit to me. All right, everyone, we did it. That's it for this week in games. I'm Eric McConnell. Join us next week. I'll try to run down the game industry news as fast as possible, give it to you in a short, digestible, hopefully 20-minute block, and uh, I'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye.